1: Hello
2: and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a sack of wet cheeseburgers with a face to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim.
3: And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments, and the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is false balance. But before we do that, can I just congratulate you on a sack of wet (laughs) cheeseburgers. something particularly satisfying about that. Yeah, but. that. (laughs) With a face as an afterthought. Lovely. I mean, he's, he's basically got a face,
2: hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's,
3: yeah. And, it's, and wet cheeseburgers, has got it, it, it's, it's very orange. It's a very <laughs> orange thing. So a sack of wet che- yeah, lovely.
2: <laughs> so the false balance fallacy. Yep. We have done recently a few where we've looked at things that take in both sides of an hmm. issue. We did the argument to moderation, yeah. where it's arguing that whatever is between two extremes mm-hmm. is probably the right answer. Yeah. Uh, last time we did If By Whiskey, which is people being vague enough to, to appeal to both sides. Yeah. This one is another thing in that theme yeah. where the argument is that both sides are equally worthy of consideration or mm-hmm. debate, yeah. when actually, in many cases, one side is, has a lot more evidence. Uh, behind it maybe yeah. one side is right and the other one is wrong but it tends yeah. to be that one side has a lot of evidence one side has a kind of niche support from right. mad people and so <laughs> and the argument is that, that that side should be considered as well
3: so <laughs> which kind of precludes the fact that there's wrong or right or bad or good <laughs> um, but so what you're saying is in terms of evidence is actual f- factual basis for yeah, one side of the argument, which would, in you know, pre-Trump times, be sufficient to uh, to quash yeah. other arguments. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. mean,
2: to be honest, pre-Trump times as well. This is, but this has been a long, ongoing yeah, debate, yeah, especially yeah. in journalism. Yeah. It's a thing where, yes. um, as the BBC is known for having this kind of sense yeah. where you need to look at both sides. You need to to yeah. make the arguments for both sides, and yeah. and globally, it's been a, a thing that has been considered in journalism important and uh the new york times for example is one which is constantly being accused of both sides ism yeah. yeah 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 in pushing forward kind of fringe ideas and and uh the other side because it's important to have that balance in their opinion
3: yeah but it's but it's a kind of <laughs> yes exactly but it's a false balance because and I, yeah. I will kind of make reference to it as well but because the, the whole global warming argument has been running on for years and years and years and there's an increasing amount of factual mm-hmm. basis for that but there's but there's still this sense that oh we've got to get somebody else on yep. yeah there was even that parodied on some late night talk show where they had 10 people in white coats. Uh, yeah, I think John Oliver were. did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. But <laughs> so they still had some mad guy with yeah. wild eyes and stary hair. <laughs> and uh, who would, would... Oh, so that's now a balanced argument, so... Yeah. Yeah,
2: cause, yeah I mean, yeah. that'll come up, the global warming thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but first, <laughs> our first example from yep. Trump is a, a statement, that a truth that he put out on his Truth Social, right, which started... It doesn't make sense that Russia and Ukraine aren't sitting down and working out some kind of agreement. If they don't do it soon, there will be nothing left but death, destruction and carnage. And it's not on both sides no. of this no. issue to, to decide to debate. Yeah. Russia wants to, to destroy Ukraine and kind of uh, subsume it into their country. Yeah. And Ukraine just wants to survive.
3: Yeah, just wants to maintain their sovereign uh, independence, which they did up until last February when the Russians wandered in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So suggesting that both of them are just being belligerent. Yeah, just being a little (laughs) bit irascible. Why didn't they just sit down and work it it out?
3: Why why are they refusing (laughs) to do that? Can't they just get on?
2: Yeah. If you see a bully in a playground just beating someone up yeah. and go, why can't they just talk about this? <laughs> yeah, why can't, the guy on the floor <laughs> well, yeah.
3: instead of repeatedly hitting his fist with his face. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't he getting yeah. up and, and apologising and saying, come on, let's just talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's not particularly They are balanced. unequal sides
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. that Trump is suggesting are more balanced than they are.
1: Mm.
2: Our second example is actually from Trump's ambassador to Canada, Kelly Craft, right? Who was asked on Canadian broadcasting network, I think CB, CBC. I don't know what the C stands for on Canadian TV, at least, right? Yeah, <laughs> about her views on uh, climate change.
0: Do you yourself believe in climate change? I believe there are scientists there, but both on both sides, that are accurate. You believe that there's scientists that that science that proves that there is man is not causing climate change well i think that both sides have you know they have their own um um results from their studies and and i appreciate and i respect both sides of the science
2: both sides of the, the, science. the
3: science yeah mm. the
2: the one where that, the science yeah. is <laughs> yeah. and the one <laughs> and
3: the one where so that so when she when pressed on so is there um, science that you know is there scientific yeah. evidence that man isn't causing climate yeah. change they if both so, have what their own it? results yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are and i appreciate that they both well yeah and we know from watching um other tucker carson output that the results you know science science is just made up stuff by men in coats and what we're doing is real research with real results You're, well yeah. you say that but you know, none of it is based in fact yeah no it's all it's all opinion based but she's very um, she's trying to appeal to both sides mm-hmm. she's trying to have a balanced view but just comes across as completely stupid yeah it really, that she's, really does, that yeah. she's not aware of any of the science behind any of the arguments for to Show that to illustrate that ban is causing global warming, much less that that she just wants to say, on both sides there's good people <laughs> on both sides, and and then, and then to be okay. So what's the stuff on the on the other side of this massive <laughs> wall of evidence? That well, I appreciate that they've done research and it's all good. Good on them. Good on them. The science <laughs> on both sides. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the mm. the
2: narrative around this was very much. Who the fuck are America sending out to be ambassadors? Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> oh, there you go. But yeah. obviously, yeah, she, she was probably ignorant, but also certainly trying to appeal to Trump supporters, I think. Yeah, I'm right. In as much uh-huh. as a lot of them yeah. don't necessarily yeah. believe in climate change because they've been told lies by people like Fox News. Yeah. And also probably her husband, who apparently made quite a lot of money in coal. Ah, so, there, you go. Uh, so <laughs> there he, you go. he may not yeah. have necessarily... Uh, subscribe to that worldview for financial purposes.
3: It almost sounds like if by whiskey, doesn't it? Well, if by mm, climate, yeah, change, yeah. If, you, if by humans <laughs> creating, and if by affecting you mean, which it doesn't, but actually that that is a lot feels a lot more knowledgeable in a way. Yeah, in the, it, it's yeah as it shows far as you've it, considered. It, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas
2: this one is just both sides are good. <laughs>
3: well, yeah. There's stuff they've looked at. Both of them, and I appreciate that there's both people looking at this stuff. <laughs> so that's it. There's no, no, there's no engagement with this subject beyond, <laughs> beyond. Yeah, I've got to be very careful here. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm good, yeah, yeah, someone's going to be angry when I get home, and somebody could be angry in the office and in the polling booth. <laughs> yeah. The other
2: thing yeah. that um, people might be thinking about with both sides, and, and that I think that clip evoked a bit mm. was trump's very fine people on both sides mm. speech in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. and the reason i didn't include that yeah is because while it kind of fits it's more moral equivalence which we did yeah yeah, way yeah, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is where you try to suggest that something your group or you have done is not is, is essentially not that bad because yeah there are other, other people, people who are also stability. bad yeah. and there are you know, people, well, there are good good, people. There are good and,
3: people doing those things that you're saying we're doing, yeah, and saying that yeah. uh, they are bad. Yeah.
2: Speaking of Trump's ambassadors, yeah, his yeah, ambassador yeah. to the UN, yeah. Nikki Haley, uh, recently announced her presidential run. Right. Despite having said previously mm-hmm. that she would, she definitely wouldn't run if Trump was running. Right. And Trump is running; he's, he's running. announced. Yeah. And she went, ah, "All right then." Yeah. And her platform okay. at the moment seems to be, "God, politicians are old, aren't they?" We Hell need some. Right. We need some young politicians, <laughs> right? Like me, right? Uh huh. So, so he's taken the piss out of her a bit, and Anne Coulter has already told her to go back to her own country because her parents were from India, right? Nice. So there's already <laughs> almost early birtherism in it at the yeah. moment, well, yeah. yeah. So I don't know how well she'll do. I mean, basically, Ronda Santos is the kind of the, the front runner to oppose Trump. So yeah, but an interview surfaced of her. From 2010, when she talked to the Sons of Confederate Veterans and was asked why she thought the Civil War was fought.
0: What's your belief about the reason the Civil War was fought? I mean, again, I think that as we look in government, as we watch government, you have different sides. And I think that you see passions on different sides. And I don't think anyone does anything out of hate. I think what they do is.
3: They do things out of tradition and out of beliefs of what they believe is right. Um, I think he had one side of the Civil War that was fighting for tradition, and I think he had another side of the Civil War that was fighting
0: for change. You, At the end of the day, what I think we need to remember is um, that, you know, everyone is supposed to have their rights. Everyone's supposed to be free. Everyone's supposed to have the same um, freedoms as anyone else. So,
2: you know, I think it was tradition versus change is the one I see it. Yeah, tradition versus change.
3: change. (laughs) But everybody has the right to freedom, but it's just just tradition. Yeah. 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 It's what always happened. So, yeah, no, that's, yeah, it was just the traditionalists fighting. Well, in a way, she's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And it's
2: very uncomfortable when you're asked that question by, by someone. And I mean, first of all, agreeing to do that interview, bad move, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. yeah, When when they say, you know, why do you think my ancestors Mm. decided to fight in this war? Yeah. And it's hard to then say because they were massive racists.
3: Yeah. Because they were slave owners and they wanted to continue to be able to own other human beings (laughs) as though they were cattle. Yeah.
2: And so it's a difficult position to put yourself in. Yeah. Having having done that, (laughs) she then had to come up with this, that like you know it's there's there's. Good arguments on both sides. Tra- change is good. Tradition is also good. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. yeah sometimes you just have to fight about bit, it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: yeah. yeah. So I think we ought to be a bit more progressive. And, uh, yeah. When you're speaking to somebody with, a, you know, one of those little hats with cross swords on it, <laughs> and a massive moustache. Yosemite Sam, I imagine, is interviewing her. And it's just, as he's speaking, his, his moustache is blowing out. Yeah, and you're looking straight at you with burning (laughs) eyes. And Uh she's going, yeah, good things on both sides, tradition's fine. (laughs) Which is
2: interestingly the opposite of the Kelly Craft interview because that interviewer was basically asking, do you believe in climate change or are you mad?
3: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) And asking for the evidence of, Uh you know, that. Yes, yeah. Well, at least this guy didn't say okay so where was the where's your evidence that people wanted change uh-huh. they wanted to be progressive where were they where were they <laughs> well yeah, that was the entire the entirety of the north,
2: yeah, in a way, I'm surprised he didn't say why why do you think the war of northern aggression was fought yeah, so you know there is that
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, what was it about the northern aggression <laughs> that led you to think that this was an unfair why thing? did we have the... to
2: defend ourselves
3: yeah yeah and now is the time, I think, for Marx-British politics. corner. We talked earlier briefly about the criticism levelled at the media during uh, various things, levelled at the BBC, and I'm particularly going to... I was discussing this episode with some um, friends recently, and they said, oh, yeah, well, Brexit then. That's Brexit <laughs> then. So it's this notion that um, the entire Brexit leave campaign... Was given uh, unwarranted access to the airwaves in the in the pursuit of balance, because their 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 claims were mostly completely unsubstantiated. So I I am going to submit for this this kind of false balancing the entire leave campaign. <laughs> Uh, but more specifically, It's surprising
2: how often that comes up, isn't it? It the, is. Yeah. That the entire concept <laughs> yeah. of Brexit yeah. is a logical fallacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, yes. yes, and, it, and it's being played out as though it isn't. And people are kind of saying, well, there's good things on both sides. The no, there aren't. There, aren't, there aren't. You have a minister still looking for the good things on the Brexit side now that we're across the other side. Now we've lost the civil war. <laughs> we, he says, including all our listeners in the Remain camp. <laughs> yeah it, there's still somebody looking for them so for good arguments on both sides on the on the on the one, no we don't have to look for the good arguments on the other side because they've just become a, a series of i told you so's so the i'm going to look more specifically about how it was dealt with in the coverage of the Brexit debate because during the Brexit debate the experience seemed to be that there was no holding to account of the leading lights of the leave campaign and the politicians themselves didn't have to present any kind of balance, false or otherwise, to temper their views, because they could see, especially Boris, that wholeheartedly supporting one view fundamentally could lead to personal career advancement. And this EU in-out campaign actually provided an opportunity not to promote a balanced view, to, to look at it in a uh, an even-handed way, but actually, in the pursuit of career, and uh, ultimate wanting to be the king of the world, Boris capitalised on it to ferment utterly polarised views. So there is no balance to be had. One would think, therefore, that the media outlets that were covering this, part of their job, and we've looked at the champions of holding people to account often um, seem to be on channel 4 and sky news um rather than the bbc and i think part of the disappointment in the bbc's coverage was that there was these outrageous lies being being spoken on the screen and the only over days and days and days and the only questioning of it of those uh, uh, lies were pr- was provided by Getting somebody from the Remain camp to say stuff, and then the only verification of the facts of their argument, which were based on actual verifiable facts from lots of economists who just got a bit went a bit white in the face and went, "What are you, what are you doing? What?" And they would provide all this evidence, and the only exploration of that was provided by the Leave campaign, who would then just trot out the lies and go, ah, you're just being (laughs) stupid. So the false balance criticism was levelled at the media and the likes of the BBC throughout Brexit and also the leadership campaigns afterwards, that in the interests of balance, yes, they would ensure that these carefully argued observations on Brexit were just promptly followed by... ...unsubstantiated bullshit. Moreover, the bullshit, when it was kind of called out... ...and we've seen this many times in examples, mostly by Michael Gove... ...that the Leave side then just had a go at the media themselves... ...and uh, impugning both the media and the experts... ...who were providing that carefully argued observation and evidence... They were saying, well, we're, ah, you've got to look at the motives of the experts. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're all very, very, we've had enough of experts who are in it for themselves, blah, 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 blah. Also, we've had enough of you journalists. So within that debate, here is Steve Hilton, who was director of strategy for David Cameron since 2005. David Cameron was the one that got elected on the promise of, when was that? That was 2014, On the on the promise of... in-out referendum Steve Hill fell out with Cameron and left the role in 2012 but he was pulled into service as the balanced view the false balanced view of the mad psychopathic leave campaigners (laughs) and he was asked by David Dimbleby this is on the day that the results came came in if these experts aren't experts what what are they doing? And the listener of... Experts, which was so much reviled by Michael Gove, among others,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, the Bank of England, Mr. Carney, the uh, IFS, the Treasury—all those—you concur with all that—that all these experts are just blathering away to know I mean, are they not doing proper sums? Are they not? What do they spend their days? I believe they believe it. Um, they believe but, it. But, you know, in the end, um, that, that's that's just one view. People... It could get rid of them all. No, they, they do very important jobs, but I think that people listening to that actually understood that, it, that this was not about that. This referendum was much more fundamental about how we run our country, how we govern our country. It wasn't that. It was a <laughs> post-hoc
3: thing. But, yes. Yeah, so he's saying, well, I... These experts who have carefully argued, closely um, observed economically based facts about the damage that it will do to withdraw from the largest um, economic market that's 22 miles away in order to do deals with, say, Australia, the other side of the world or South America or South Africa. So he's expressing the same distrust of experts by using the false balance argument that these experts are only expressing a view. I believe that they believe it as if <laughs> there's no such thing as objective truths and verifiable, verifiable facts, but it's simply opinions. And and one opinion, his and Michael Gove's, are just as valid as the other. That's There's the false balance within the false balance experience of the BBC coverage. And I think at the... At the root of his false balance is that he's attempting also to make his disbelief legitimate because he compares what the experts are doing with what he used to do. And earlier in the same interview, Dimbleby asks him this. Oh, these
0: statistics, they're all made up, I know, because I used to do that stuff. Is that true? Did you mean that? I don't mean literally. Well, you said it literally. I, I was referring, I think, to the way in which campaigns... Including those that I used to be involved in, exaggerate in order to make their point. So there's a,
3: there's another false balance going on. He's it's that kind of it's a bit like the um, moral equivalence thing. He's saying, well, we used to do this stuff. So when experts come out and say, yeah, it is going to be awful, and the the gross uh, domestic product is going to fall a thousand percent, and the lending rate will skyrocket and mortgages go up and house values go down and nobody will be able to afford anything and there will be no fruit in the supermarkets. He said, they're just making up stuff, and I know they are because I used to do it.
2: Yeah, it's a weird argument, isn't it? Because yeah. basically it's the, well, politicians always lie. So, yeah. So my opponent, who is a politician, is clearly lying.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. Or anyone (laughs) dealing with numbers and statistics. I used to make those up in order to exaggerate Uh the point. They lie all the time. Everyone lies. (laughs) That's what they do. That's really weird. Yeah. And the problem is, if you accept that, there's danger there, Will Robinson, (laughs) because there's falsehoods and hidden agendas that are being forced through without question. If you're applying the media false balance by giving airtime to both sides of the arguments rather than just saying what you're talking about is rubbish, so we're going to deny you any kind of oxygen of publicity, we end up with the likes of Farage and Gove and Johnson saying things that influence elections and bring about disastrous changes that affects all of the all of the people all of the voters and then they have to lie about the fact that it isn't disastrous or well, that it is disastrous yeah. <laughs> lying about the fact that it is disastrous yeah that, and and the the machinations of british politics we don't have a written constitution so british politics is not structurally suited to counter and censure politicians who are not playing by the rules and and the rules it's just kind of this is code of good behavior. it's all you've got to be a good chap, um, and it relies on good moral behavior and a respect for the sanctity of office and the precedence of ancient democracy.
2: When you say we don't have a written constitution, yep. obviously, I understand what you mean, but for yep. those of our listeners who who are not from these shores, does that mean people have just kind of remembered what the constitution is all this time and passed it down by word of mouth?
3: What? what no, is that? There's an unwritten constitution. <laughs> that's the thing. It's a you know. <laughs> oh, I had that, transgressed they told the unwritten me I broke rule. it. So <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, they told me I had transgressed <laughs> the unwritten rule. Yeah. So that's <laughs> it. It's purely based on precedent, and uh, it's a it's a kind of messy muddle that that you know, laws get passed by common agreement and then that becomes the basis upon which new laws are are made and you, and you think well was that last one successful did it meet all the requirements well yeah kind of so there's a there's a been a build up i guess our last written constitution was the magna carta which yeah, basically yeah. said that the the royal family isn't in charge of the country and
2: yeah the power should be devolved all the way down to the barons (laughs) yeah
3: yeah yeah you know those commoners down down there the people yeah yeah so yeah
2: so yeah i mean i think of it like kind of the streets of london you know there are there are cities in america like chicago and and others where they were designed they were they're on a grid system they were you know an architect or a, a town planner yeah. or whatever came along and and made a city and then they yeah. built the city. Whereas London is a shit show of windy streets and little yeah. alleys and all that kind of stuff because it built up gradually over time and expanded and expanded and expanded. And I think yeah. in the same way the kind of the British Constitution versus the American Constitution, they sat down and went right. If we were making rules for a country, yeah. what rules should we have? And then they added to them occasionally. Yeah. Uh, whereas ours was like. Just I don't know. Just every time we come up with a new rule, it's part of it, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I so, guess. It's, and so, then there's so this, it's all the rules we've had so far, kind of yeah. conglomerate into a um clump sort of, of constitutiony constitution. stuff. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Which which you then have to refer to and and look at and well, you see, we can't really that's not how, do how we do that. stuff. That's not how yeah. we do yeah. stuff. That's that's not how we behave, sir. Anyway, although he was talking about American politics, it applies equally to the likes of Boris, gaming the system for their own ends. Gary Kasparov, yes, the same chess master Kasparov, who's now chairman of the Renew Democracy Initiative, said this on CNN on Boxing Day 2019. Oh, it used to be here from both sides, from Democrats and Republicans, from conservatives and liberals. Uh, now it's simple. It's truth versus lies. And, um, and I think, you know, this is what should be done is just keep repeating the facts. Uh, stop giving equal times to lies. Mm. And uh, uh, also just remember that the outdated sense of fairness is killing our democracy. He's talking about the, the fact that the, the media can't keep up with that. It, it's no longer this balanced view of, well, how would you do it with your slightly left of center, um, bit more community-based Notion versus your right-of-centre, privatisation-based notion. It's no longer that. Balance is about truth and lies. And the media can't keep up with that. They shouldn't give airtime to lies. They should call them out. And uh, Emily Maitlis, who is former presenter of Newsnight on the BBC, called out the lies of Dominic Cummings in the introduction to one episode and is this lies about the eye-testing trip to Barnard Castle, she was immediately censured by the BBC, who said, we believe the introduction we broadcast did not meet our standards of due impartiality. Our staff have been reminded of the guidelines. <laughs> in her lecture at the Edinburgh International TV Festival in August 2022, she said this.
0: It might take our producers five minutes to find 60 economists who feared Brexit and five hours to find a sole economic voice who espoused it. But by the time we went on air, we simply had one of each. We presented this unequal effort to our audience as if it was balance. It wasn't.
3: Simple as that. So when it comes over on the telly, it's a a false balance. It's as if both of these have equal weight, equal authenticity, they're worth equal consideration. Of course they're not because that's, You know, just like climate change, they should have done the same thing. And speaking of climate change, Mm -hmm. in 2011, Professor Steve Jones wrote a report about the BBC's coverage of climate change, and he criticised the over-rigid insistence on due impartiality that could give undue attention to marginal opinion. And indeed, as Emily says in her lecture just before that clip, the Brexit coverage seems to have fallen into the same trap. Because equally, the self-imposed rigor of the media to provide due impartiality through fairness is no longer suited or nimble enough to prevent the abuses we see in the political sphere. As Kasparov said, the outdated sense of fairness is killing our democracy. mode there from 1981 we get the balance right i think they're writing about post thatcher political environments yeah which we're still in <laughs>
2: <laughs> so in the fallacy in the wild we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective and our first example comes from the irish stand-up comedian dara ebreen who
0: a friend of professor Bar- Bar- Cox, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah who explained this whole issue extremely simply
0: there was a survey in the NHS about dentistry where they found that some people are removing their own teeth, you know? And they brought on some senior dentists onto Sky News and gave out to them and said, how dare, this is terrible, people are removing their own teeth. And this guy stood there and went, well, obviously, systems should be put in place to deal with, which is stupid, he should have just gone, well, these people are clearly morons of the highest order." I mean, who removes their own teeth, for Christ's sake? I'm a dentist, I don't remove my own teeth, eh? But there's a kind of a notion that everyone's opinion is equally valid. My art, bloke who's a professor of dentistry for 40 years, does not have a debate with some Egypt who removes his teeth with string and a door, right? <laughs> You never see that balancing with really really hard sides. You never see it with like physics. Like you never see like a guy on talking from NASA about a space station. They go, oh, Mr. NASA guy, you you you're space station, and they talk and then they go, right, but that's very interesting. But for the sake of balance, we must now turn to Barry, who believes the sky is a carpet painted by God. <laughs> Barry, what do you think of this space station plan? Well, it's clearly ridiculous. What are they going to do? Hook it onto the carpet? <laughs> you're absolutely right, Barry. You're very right. You're very
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. How we, uh, we've we all had that image as a kid in a cartoon <laughs> of somebody pulling their tooth out by watching video with string a screen in the door. And I've, 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 where did that come from? I've never seen anyone do that ever.
2: I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's probably a false memory because cause memory is very malleable. I'm yeah. pretty sure that my sister. I either tried it or, like, was encouraged by my parents to try it. The oh, right. My sister was extremely... No, no, no. Oh, and, okay. like She had a wobbly tooth or whatever, a right. loose tooth. Yeah. But, um, I mean, to be fair, my sister is very gullible and my parents <laughs> quite enjoyed playing pranks on her. So <laughs> so it's entirely possible they just went, yeah, this will definitely work. Give it a yeah, go." Yeah, yeah. And, so. that,
3: and that's how the British Constitution works. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So... Uh our second example is from the George Clooney film Good Night and Good Luck ah. which was about uh Edward R Murrow and political news gathering and and yep. um reporting in the uh 50s and this was when they had just shown their boss the kind of head of the the uh, news department an interview that they'd done about mccarthyism and and mm. about it being not great
0: well that's new I don't think you can call this a neutral piece. Well, the other side's been represented rather well for the last couple of talk years. Talk the right? Air so Force; they haven't gone on to, the record. to uh, Forgo the standards you've stuck to for fifteen years. Both sides, no commentary. We all editorialize. It's it's just making to sure we identify what we're it is you're doing. We're giving them the information up front and we're asking them to comment hey, Fred, on it. Fred, hold on. Fred, I've searched my conscience, and I can't, for the life of me, find any justification for this. And I simply cannot accept that there are, on every story, two equal and logical sides to an argument. Call it editorialising well, if you'd like. It is editorializing. They're edit- going to have equal period. time to defend themselves. So. Do you understand the position you're putting us in?
2: So the complaint from the TV station was essentially yeah. that, you know, many of our shareholders are political donors. They support the yeah. government. And this is the thing the government is doing. And now, you know, we're we're threatening their worldview essentially by yeah, telling yeah. the truth about this stuff. Yes. Instead yeah. of giving an argument on both sides, and and this journalistic balance that was yeah. at one point seen to be the ideal, the golden kind of standard of of journalism, um, okay. and Murrow and his his producer essentially just saying, yeah, they're sometimes they just aren't two yeah. equal sides yeah, that yeah, yeah, bo- yeah. are both worthy of consideration. And then he's
3: doing what Gove would do, which is to accuse the reporters of editorializing. Mm. You're saying you're. Bringing your slant to this piece, and well, no, what we're doing is bringing our rigor as a jour- as journalists to this piece. You know, we're we're being um, Woodward, and we're going to look for the actual story, yeah. and we're bringing that. That's our journalistic expertise. It gets dismissed by people who have vested interests: Gove, the government donors, you know, channel TV TV channel owners. As being against them, and that that becomes a tool to dismiss the expertise of the reporters and the the truth of what they're reporting, because you can as Gove often did, you just said, "Well, you're just editorializing that i I now realize what it is I hate about Gove that he does <laughs> that he plays that he has no answers, he sounds like he does, he sounds like he's very knowledgeable about media." Basically, because he's a PR man. That's yeah. all he is. in an empty, vacuous PR man. I mean,
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't narrow it down to that. There's lots to hate about. Oh
3: yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But no, I've it's really... not
2: just that. <laughs> no.
3: But... <laughs> Many many things, yeah.
2: Everything he yeah. thinks, says, yeah. does. Well, there's not yeah, uh,
3: yeah two two <laughs> things, maybe three things wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. everything he yeah. thinks, does, and says. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So yeah, that that's exactly it. That kind of thing of well, it is editorializing to just to say sometimes Some, there yeah, is no balanced is view. Sometimes yeah. it's just bad. You know, that's it's the entirety of the plot for Don't Look Up. <laughs> Isn't it? is yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Is that But some, i mean yeah.
2: it's it's easy to see why this is in the abstract an attractive way of doing things is to say okay oh. we should we should consider the both sides we should you know teach yep. the controversy that kind of thing yeah because we shouldn't dismiss one argument without having considered it without having looked at it so to do that you need to look at the arguments on both sides yeah yeah the thing is, once there, once you've done that, once
3: then you, you don't need to keep it. doing yeah. it again
2: and again. Yeah, because at some yeah. point you've gone, well, yeah, no, we did that. We looked at that. Yeah, they're shit. So,
3: they're yeah, not so, good arguments. There's no evidence. So rather, rather, we don't rather, need yeah. to continue Exa- to do that. Yes, now. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We're not going to dismiss it without looking at it. We're going to yeah. look at it and, and then, then dismiss yeah, it. Absolutely, and it's perfectly legitimate to do that because yeah. you know why? Yes, yeah, so why would you keep resurrecting a part of it? I think. And it's interesting to read the the BBC's rebuttal of, you know, oh no, we were perfectly fair, and they trot out the same fucking argument, which is, well, if we are upsetting both sides, then we must be doing something right. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's washing your hands of of the responsibility of resurrecting these. Zombie arguments time and time again in the pursuit of balance when you can legitimately say, as Morrow says, I've looked at this thing. It is shit. So we're just going to call it shit. Yeah, we're going to not give it any other airtime. We're not going to legitimize it with more. So tell me, Mr. Farage, why is my immigration a, a problematic thing? You know what was it that first att- first attracted about <laughs> immigration in terms of your boosting your career? That is it's that yeah. it's that just <laughs> that's the responsibility that media needs to take is to say we've looked at this thing with the rigor of our journalistic training and what you're saying is com- utterly baseless. So we're not going to give you any more airtime.
2: But surprisingly, even now. Even after the past like eight years, journalists, well, a lot of them do feel that way, but not, I think, nearly enough of them. Pew Research in March 2022 asked journalists, US journalists, to choose between journalists should always strive to give every side equal coverage Mm -hmm. or every side does not always deserve equal coverage. And 44% of US journalists said that they should always strive to give every side equal coverage. Wow. 55% said they don't always deserve it. Yeah. They also asked the same question to US adults in general, non-journalists.
3: Yeah.
2: And of US adults, 76% said that journalists should always strive to give equal coverage. Only 22% said, yes, sometimes they just... You know, there's a side that doesn't deserve the balance.
3: That's interesting because that's one of the arguments that the BBC's rebuttal reply was: we do this for our listeners, yeah, and well, our viewers. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems
2: you know, like there's there's a, a clamouring for equal sides, yeah,
3: but it doesn't mean they're right. That's <laughs> no, the think that no, in no. itself <laughs> is a is a false yeah. balance because you know, that just because you want both sides, doesn't mean we should give you both sides because one of them is less legitimate than the other. Absolutely. So, yeah.
2: And when you split it up by party, journalists who work for right-leaning organisations, yep. it goes 57-42 in favour of there should always be equal sides. Really? Uh, whereas Yeah, whereas Democrat or left-leaning organisations, 30% of them say we should always give equal sides and 69% say some sides aren't worthy of consideration yeah
3: oh that's interesting is that because that, that feels like the right being aggrieved at the fact that they don't get sufficient yeah time. that's the thing their yeah. stories
2: wouldn't ever get yeah promoted yeah if they didn't demand equal sides yeah equal coverage of both sides of an argument because most of their arguments are shit yeah so if you say well you know sometimes there's just a, a point of view that doesn't isn't yeah. worthy of promoting. Yeah. It's most of that time tends to be the right ones the Republicans <laughs> believe.
3: Yeah. yeah, well, that's the that's the interesting thing, isn't it, about the phenomena of right wing TV? It doesn't present a balanced view at all. No,
2: but they call themselves fair and balanced.
3: Yeah, they call themselves fair because they're saying it's not fair that we yeah. get no airtime. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's, you get no airtime because what you're you're espousing has no basis in truth yeah but yeah so if you're presenting nothing but extreme niche views that have no basis in truth eventually it will catch up with you because the people who are at the receiving end of your untruths will object and recourse to the law which is all about looking at the balance and weighing it on the scales of justice and saying, well, what you're doing is unfair and what these people are doing is completely legitimate and therefore you need to give them some recompense.
2: Yeah, one of the examples I realised too late that I could have included here (laughs) is is when Trump was complaining that all of his media coverage in the mainstream media was negative, like 91%. And and people looked at it and went, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yes. that's a that's a true thing you've said. Yeah, most of it is is negative. Yeah, but but that but that's because there isn't this need for full, for the false balance of pretending he also
3: did good mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: If you if you gave equal time to the the bad stuff he did and the good stuff he did, you yep. would be doing irresponsible journalism.
3: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of horrible bosses, yeah. yeah. So
2: so our <laughs> final example is from horrible bosses 2, and in this clip, they are attempting to break into a house and, and they have a plan. Ah,
1: fuck the it's,
0: it's locked. The plan did not account for a locked door? Well, I mean, it's 50 well, chance it's going to be open, right? How do you figure that? It's either locked or unlocked. Fifty-fifty, you know? yeah. 50 yeah. It's like basic math. What's up with you tonight? Very mm. <laughs> 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 it's, I love
3: that. It's, it's just well they kinda of and they just go oh yeah, no. Yeah. Well oh, oh well what's the matter with you? Of course it's fifty fifty. Yeah. Uh-huh. You didn't put that in the plan, not, yeah. No. So uh yeah, it's
2: not it's not reasonable to say that. If if a thing has two possible outcomes, each of those outcomes are equally likely. <laughs> And therefore, whether someone <laughs> locks their door when they're not yeah. there yeah. is is you know it's either locked or it's unlocked. So you've got a fifty yep. percent chance of just being able to walk right into their house.
3: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the, but, but, which doesn't answer the question. The plan didn't account for a lock door. <laughs> Why? If it was a fifty fifty chance, you'd have two plans. Uh, yeah, yeah. You no, just <laughs> be on, the flow da- on the flow chart of oh, the flow chart. Here you go. Is the door locked? Yes. <laughs> Okay, go to Plan B. Yeah. No, no, they, no, no. They, their plan oh, was it'll, yeah.
2: it's good. There's at least a good chance it'll be
3: on. Yeah, There's a good chance, so, yeah. It's yeah. quite a good chance, so, isn't it? Fifty percent is quite high.
2: It wasn't a detailed plan. No, no, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Not beyond. Yeah, let's let's walk in. Let's yeah, let's. Ju- we'll just leave Europe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What else? I'll <laughs>
2: well, uh, be fine. Nothing will go wrong. Right, after that. we'll
3: just we'll just fill the intervening time with yeah, all those things that you say we're going to lose. We'll just replace those, and we yeah. fine. We'll yeah. still
2: have them because we won't have lost them. Yes, yeah. no, fifty-fifty yeah, 50 chance. Will I lose them or We won't. Oh, we won't. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Let's, you know, don't be so negative. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Stop with your balanced <laughs> views. Yeah. So,
2: before we move on to fake news this week, uh-huh. there's time to talk about our. Now annual, because this, this is the second year we'll have done it.
3: Oh, there you go. Yeah, the second annual report. So, yeah, we will
2: be doing for uh, our patrons yep. a special episode, well, before the Oscars, which is the 12th of March. It'll be during that week. Yep. We will be talking about our opinions on all 54 of the films that are nominated for Oscars oh, that this year.
3: Just mad. Madness. Uh, <laughs> Madness. There's no, it's no time physically no. to watch 54 down. Yeah, but, it's taking yeah. up a lot of my time. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't begun yet. Well, I've begun twice. I haven't slept for three days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nor will I again. Yeah,
2: we'll be talking about what we think uh, should win, what should have been nominated, what wasn't nominated that should, and what doesn't deserve to be there. So, if that's the kind of thing you're interested in, because we do talk about films quite a lot, I know some of our listeners aren't, aren't necessarily into films. I would say probably a large amount aren't as into films as we are. I, d- but, <laughs> I think
3: we're probably doing a lot to cr- create that imbalance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, there's a larger amount of people who aren't into film. As, but if part of the reason adult, you
2: listen to us is to, to hear what yeah, we to talk about, about, films about, films and TV and stuff, so yeah. we'll be doing that on a, a special patron-only episode. And alongside that, we run an Oscars pool where everyone can kind of put in their opinions of which films they reckon yeah. are going to win the different Oscars. And then whoever wins... Doesn't get anything except bragging rights. Yeah. Basically, they of, they of get the chance out, to say
3: us. I won. We'll
2: yeah. we'll read your name on the air and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm the kind of reigning champion, as it were. As <laughs> it <But laughs> why, why do you say it? In such well, because a I don't I technically yeah. as yeah. a as an employee of Fallacious Trump Inc. Um, right. I don't think <laughs> I am really allowed to yeah. be the winner Is that, of the Does pool. that
3: count as insider trading? Yeah, possibly, given <laughs> the way we kind of collect in the entries and then score them. You know, if, although we are open and transparent and, you know, we're all for integrity. Oh, well,
2: that's the thing. That it's kind of not, we, we didn't, it's all automated. So we, ah, we use right, this, we yeah, used yeah, this yeah, site yeah. called Office Pools, which runs yeah. pools. And, and so we didn't, you know, we, we have no control over the scoring. Uh, and it's all done automatically through that. So so yeah. it wasn't, it was all on the up and up. Um, the The winner who isn't me... Uh, yeah. Last year, the reigning champion is Colin yeah. Layola, one of our yeah. uh, lovely listeners who yeah. who took part last year. And it doesn't cost anything to take part, uh, but you don't win really anything either, except the chance to have your name read on on the air. Yeah. But to in the knowledge that you're
3: <laughs> way more knowledgeable than than I am, I got yeah, I yeah. like 17th yeah. place or something. Yeah, despite having watched everything <laughs> and made the right thing, you see, I'm all for I'm all for balance, but. Uh-huh my niche views need to be taken into <laughs> account. It's all, it's completely about donors and the, the invested interests and you see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: No, it's very unbalanced. Um So if you would like to take part in that, you need to go to uh, fallacious, trump.com slash Oscars. At the moment, I'm still waiting for the site to actually set it up, but there's a kind of right. holding page there, and, and kind of so keep an eye on our socials, and we'll let you know when it's all ready. But it yep. should hopefully be within the next week that'll all be set up. But you can Just go there now. On auto refresh. To encourage more people to to, to join in, we yep. like to use this as an excuse to give to charity. Last yep. year we supported the Ukraine fund, and yep. this year we're supporting the Turkey and Syria fund from yep. Care International, who are a great organisation who uh, help in. Areas all around the world where, where there've been yep. disasters or there've been you know refugees or issues where which need help. And although I believe at the moment rescue efforts in Turkey and Syria are winding down, there's a huge oh God, numbers yeah. of people yeah. who really need help. So food, and if shelter, we can help and help with that in a tiny way. Healthcare. Yeah. We'd like to do that. So for every person who joins in at trump dot com slash oscars, we will be donating five dollars to the Turkey and Syria campaign. Yep. And if you would like to support that, but have no interest in films, don't want to get involved in that way, you can just directly donate to that fund, uh, which if you go to fallacioustrumpcom slash donate, that will take you directly to your local version of Care International mm-hmm. and, yep. the, and the Turkey Syria Fund so that you can support it in that way.
0: So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As as well as anybody.
2: Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news.
3: See, I know it appears that all the information you need about the level of expertise that I exhibit in playing this game is provided by the score from over 100 examples, but in the interest of balance, I'd like you to take the word of someone who thinks I am great at this and have <laughs> got every single one of them right, me. And to argue otherwise just goes to show the inbuilt bias of every form of media reporting.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's very very unfair of me to focus on the score.
3: Yeah, it's exactly (laughs) the kind of thing that a journalist would do. It's just editorialising. That's all it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: It's not about the statistics. It's about what people feel (laughs) is right. It's about what people require from being able to govern themselves in terms of winning
2: our statements this week yeah. come from truths that trump has has sent recently
3: when you say truth, i hope you're doing inverted commas it's the
2: technical term for the posts on trump's truth social network okay, in yeah. fact if if he'd started this before we started the podcast uh, this section might have been called two truths and a lie
3: there you go but then nice. I
2: then I realized that actually they're all lies. So,
3: <laughs> two would, truths, yeah. three lies? I, think or I don't it, know. You know. In terms Something of balance, like <laughs> he ought to put some stuff out that are, he ought to have a, a sister site that's just called Lie Central. <laughs> yeah. And that would be. I mean, oh, yeah, all
2: it? his stuff would be on there, though. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, okay. yeah.
3: Yeah. Hey, Trump, when are you going to put anything out on truth? Uh, no, I'm yeah. too busy mm. populating Lie yeah. Central.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, he's he's talked about. he talk, he. Oh, God. It's awful there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Over depressing there. place on, yeah. on Truth Social. Yeah. Uh, but he will keep doing it. So mm. the, the first statement mm. is about the, the Georgia Grand Jury report that was released last week. Yeah, And he said, The Georgia Grand Jury found me totally innocent, of course, and bravely stood up to young, ambitious, radical left Democrat prosecutor and Trump hater no-name Fanny Willis. She knew the call I made was perfect, but she went after me anyway, and they shot her down like a dog, MAGA! And then three exclamation marks.
3: Yeah. What well, so if she's if she's called Fanny Willis? Yeah. Why is he saying no name, Fanny Willis? Excellent question. No name, and then use her name.
2: Great question.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. <laughs> okay. I mean,
2: That's the man it. with no name in in the uh, Sergio Leone films. His yeah. name is actually Blondie, isn't it? That's what.
3: So, uh, no, that's what the. That's, that's what, what, you know, I, what guess, I guess. I guess that's what. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, he calls him, he, so. and he is not. He particularly still has blonde. a name though. Not particularly blonde. He's, he's sort of brown. Yeah. I guess compared with Lee it's Van Cleef. No. Mm. Well, he didn't. No, he just got called <laughs> something. <laughs> Having what, you know, what a is a name? No name? That is. <laughs> if, other than he got called. That's his nickname. <laughs> that's
2: what you call if you you know if you have a pet. The thing you call them is their name, isn't what? it? That's
3: just... No, it's cat. I went through the desert <laughs> on a horse with no name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, I don't know is the answer <laughs> to that.
3: <Okay. laughs> uh,
2: statement number two: All of the fake news is reporting that I spend large amounts of my time coming up with a good nickname for Ron DeSanctimonious,
3: Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> who yeah. is obviously going to give the presidential thing a shot. Theme. They're all 100% wrong. I don't even think about it. A very unimportant subject to me. Three exclamation marks.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You see, Again, the, the name thing. Spe- <laughs> I spend large amounts of my time coming up with a good nickname for Rhonda Sanctimonious. <laughs> uh, there he is. He's doing it right there. He's, he's doing it. He's spending time <laughs> making up a nickname while saying I'm making up a good nickname. It's quite a good good nickname, to be fair. It needs to give it some balance, it doesn't warrant it, but a, yeah, okay,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and statement number three: yeah, epic fail. Rihanna gave, without question, the single worst halftime show in Super Bowl history. This, after insulting far more than half our nation, which is already in serious decline, mm-hmm. with her foul and insulting language. Also, so much for her stylist. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just, Jesus <laughs> Christ! He's going a go at the birds next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Mm. Half-time show in Super Bowl history in capital <laughs> title case. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh God! They're all awful. Right. Knowing that two of them are real is just horrible. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, he's really gone less less professional and restrained than he was when he was on Twitter. Yeah. He used to keep yeah. it kind of locked down and and um, just, yeah, just, day, you know, just just business. Just just business, keep it s- yeah.
3: straight up and down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh so the thing that that's, uh, stood out to me was the the long set of adjectives young ambitious radical left democrat prosecutor.
2: It's very Dickensian, I think. <laughs> I
3: that would be their surname if it was Dickens, wouldn't it? Yeah. Ah, ambitious radical left yeah oh, the young one, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay, no name, no name, Fanny Willis. Oh, would you shout maggot? Because, yeah, the last, the the Rihanna one has only got one exclamation point. OK, I... mm Mmm... I good nickname you know, for wrong tank to manage. Mmm... OK... Mm, despite the young ambitious radical left Democrat prosecutor... Oh no... She knew the call I was doing... Mmm... Shut her down like a dog. You don't shut her down... Shut dogs down... Um, I think then that the, the the gag about the nickname for Ron Dank Santamaniaus, Ron Dank Ron <laughs> to is too good a gag for Trump. I mm, do no name. Fanny Willis is also probably too, but I think that you might be an unwitting gag. I think the nickname. For, mm, oh no. Okay, alright. I'm going to go for number two is the one that you made up. Okay. But you, for Ron de Sanctimonious.
2: You seem confident about number three. Is yes. that fair? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh obviously these are these are text truths, so I don't yep. have clips for them. Yep. So you just have to take my word for it. But okay. uh, number three <laughs> yeah. is yeah. real. Oh,
3: oh what? The, uh, it's just a yeah. mishmash of hatred, the whole thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah, he God. does not
2: like Rihanna. <laughs> no, <That's laughs> they have it's a bit successful, of a feud. black and, and yeah.
3: powerful, self-assured woman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um,
2: specifically a successful, black, powerful, self-assured woman who doesn't like Trump. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Which yes, I mean, one anyway, of those face later it, on. Yeah. probably most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, apart from
3: Diamond and Yeah, Shaving well, Chrome or whatever yeah. they were called. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Powerful uh, and anyway, mm, whatever.
3: Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, she has put huge signs up at her concert saying "fuck Donald Trump." She was <laughs> she put a thing on Instagram of her spray painting "fuck Donald Trump" on the roof of a car for some reason, um, and nice. and that's the insulting language that he's referring yeah. to in yeah. this. Right? She did the the halftime show at this year's Super Bowl. Yeah. I, in his defence, I did think it was pretty boring. <laughs> okay. I like Rihanna. I'm not a massive fan, but yeah. I just didn't. I didn't think it was that good. It right. was. There've been plenty of much more interesting ones in recent years. Anyway, it
3: wasn't, it wasn't just a straightforward gig. It I mean, was they. She know. was
2: on like a, a platform thing that was being lifted up into the sky. There was all kinds of weird stuff going wow. on, and there was a there were some very weird marshmallowy kind of backing dancers. Uh, lots right. of them, like hundreds of people, all dressed in identical pillowy white outfits. Oh,
3: sounds like a Sam Smith video. Yeah, <laughs> but
2: yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was but just. A little bit... I mean, she's got some great songs, and it just didn't. They didn't. There was not a lot of energy. I didn't think to. It. Uh, but anyway, okay. that's that kind of beside the point. Um, yeah. Because cause he wasn't realistically complaining about its actual quality. He was mm. just complaining because it's Rihanna, and and. Right. Um, and his reference to her stylist, previously he'd said that she would be nothing. She's talentless, basically. Would yeah. be nothing without her stylist. Uh, and, okay. and in this was essentially saying, psh, and even that, she looks yeah, shit yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but there's that kind of weird aside. This, so she insulted half of the nation and then yeah. kind of wakes up and goes, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah." because the nation did decline. Oh, I forgot to mention Biden. <laughs> I've used uh-huh. up 50, fifty-five characters, and I haven't even had to go at Biden yet. So th- this, so, after insulting so far more than half our nation, so the, that's his the,
2: supporters. Had far more than half the nation okay, supporting, yeah. the, as you, as you know, using, yeah, yeah, all so you've, you've
3: insulted half the nation. No, 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 far more than half the nation. So as 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 the saying goes, yeah. so, which is already in serious decline uh-huh. with her foul and insulting language. Also, so much for a stylist. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! It's like <laughs> it's like Nuddy Piers Morgan and Meghan Markle. He's just incensed about the fact that this woman exists. Yeah, yeah, and and oh yeah, and she's black and successful and self assured and
2: powerful. Mm. You also thought that number one was real.
3: Well, I've vacillated in the in the name of balance between number one and number two for a long time, but I've plumped for thinking that number one is real. I, I and number be one it. Yes. is it. Yes. Fake
1: news.
2: Oh
3: I knew it. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. yeah. No, he uh he didn't he didn't say that. Um, he He's did claim bad. that the report totally exonerated him.
3: Oh, yeah, of course,
2: and yeah. and thanked the patriots of the Georgia grand jury for right. their for their courageous stance that that he yeah. was that that totally exonerated him. It didn't, yeah. of course. No,
3: no. If if you just read the end, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, this is it's the final thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, it's almost
2: it's almost all end because it's <laughs> the the only parts of the report that were released. Basically, the judge said, "I'm going to release this report." Funny Willis. Right said, don't release the report because it will affect the the stuff that is currently going through. And I am Mm. going to make prosecution decisions and prosecution announcements imminently. Right. And so it would interfere with kind of due process. Yeah. And so the judge went, all right, I'll release parts of the report. And so the Mm. parts of the report that he released were essentially the introduction, the conclusion, and a bit that says... Um, well, a couple of bits. So one says a majority of the grand jury believes that perjury may have been committed by one or more witnesses testifying before it. And the right. grand jury recommends the district attorney seek appropriate indictments for such crimes where the evidence is compelling. So they're saying some of the witnesses they heard from lied Lied <laughs> in yeah. their opinions. Yeah, and, and so they should be held to account. Yep. They had evidence, incidentally, from uh, 75 witnesses over the course of the investigation, largely about whether fraud took place or not, but also other stuff. We don't know right. all of the people who were involved or all of the things they said, obviously. But what they did say is, after listening to all those people and the the experts on these in these areas, they said, we find by unanimous vote that no widespread fraud took place. Ah. So that yeah. was the conclusion of yep. the grand jury was... Some people lied, and there wasn't fraud. Yeah. (laughs) And based on what Fanny Willis has said, it seems likely there are going to be indictments of of individuals. But we don't know. Well, not possibly just the people (laughs) who committed perjury, because there's huge amounts of the report that weren't released. Uh,
3: There you go, yeah.
2: Yeah. None of it mentioned Trump at all, Mm -hmm. but he's claiming that, that... it's total exoneration mm-hmm. because they didn't specifically say in the bit that was released that he committed he commi- crimes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yes.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in a, with a sense of relief, I think he kind of, <laughs> he must constantly be on tenterhooks, just <laughs> waiting for stuff to come out. Like, oh, I mean, thank God it and doesn't mention he me he at should. all. Yeah. He
2: should, because every day it comes, uh, There's there's the opportunity for one of the many people investigating him to say, yeah. All right. We've got to the we've point got, now yeah. where we're prepared go. to yeah. indict. I mean, I Jack, the Jack Smith investigation. They subpoenaed Mike Pence uh, in the last couple of weeks, and yep. that's the kind of thing you do when you're pretty close to making a decision on something. You don't. You don't typically subpoena the former vice president <laughs> no. when you're for, early on in an investigation yeah,
3: for you know a p- potential kind of yeah, like fishing Just to see what he knows. Absolutely. Yeah. Expedition. Yeah. It was a gym-sized joke. Yeah, yes, there's no name. I funny was, Willis. Right. That was
2: the bit I added in, to be honest. Because yeah. there was, I mean, obviously he didn't say any yeah. of that stuff, but he yeah. has previously described her as a young, ambitious, radical left Democrat prosecutor.
3: Oh, uh, okay. I added the other bit, no, and I yeah.
2: don't, I don't think he has a nickname for. Her. Ah,
3: hence the no name. So nice. I called her No Name yes, Funny yes. Willis. So so that means number two, he d- he did say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. His nickname
2: for his nickname for that? wrong. It was a
3: toss up between yeah, No Name Funny Willis. Even though he uses the name and saying people say i spend large amounts of time coming up with a nickname for a man I've just given a nickname. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: this was based on media reports that said that he had been kind of trialling calling him Meatball Ron <laughs> to to various of his oh, aides. Yeah. Oh yeah, remember oh, yeah. when we, remember, like, when we, read, you, we, we read a
3: couple of books and yeah. he was doing that when he had Workshopping all these, uh, names. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Meat,
2: Meatball Ron was a, was supposedly one of his kind of top front runners for best nickname for Ron yeah, the Sanctimonious for, for uh,
3: somebody that has nothing to do with meatballs. But, but he
2: claims it's not something he bothers with. Doesn't doesn't no, spend time coming no, up with them. Just no, no
3: large amounts of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all he fucking does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So that means so, I'm fifty three out of hundred hundred eight. 108, oh, I was trying to get it down down the other way. So (laughs) So, uh, slightly under 50%.
2: Afraid so. And it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called The Dominion Lawsuit Is Not A Logical Fallacy. (laughs) (laughs) Because, as you probably know, if you're a regular listener, Fox are being sued by Dominion, the uh, voting machine technology company yeah. for one for point six billion dollars for lying for, for airing lies about. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well this, this well this is exactly what we were talking about in terms of the um, the unbalanced view the problem with not providing uh, a balance view is that actually they and you end up airing just the lies that you want to because you're saying, Oh, you see, in mainstream media, the journalists would say what you're saying is completely unsubstantiated. But what <laughs> we're going to do is free ourselves from the trammels of the sense needing of to vegetarian. substantiate anything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll just shove all that out, and then this is what happens. <laughs> um, and what's intriguing is that we learn in this. Defamation lawsuit, of uh, uh, lots of texts and stuff between Carlson and Hannity and and Laura, Laura Ingram. Ingram, yeah, yeah. who and, all just yeah. turns out completely appalled at the utter <laughs> bullshit that Giuliani yeah. and well Powell, privately
2: appalled, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let anyone no. know. Oh
3: no, no, because but, it would affect the view. That's yeah. what they're worried about is that it's going to destroy their viewer base.
2: Oh yeah. They're yeah. not in the slightest bit concerned about the fact that they're telling all of their viewers lies. No. Well, no, no. there's one. There's one point at which Tucker Carlson says something like, "You know, our our listener, our viewers are good people, and they be- they believe this shit." And like, uh, are they? I mean,
3: are they, they are Fox news them good? viewers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. well, Their viewers. That maybe yeah. in that bit is, do they believe it? I think it. You know, it, it I think they do. The biases. viewers definitely
2: believe. The stuff. Yeah. A lot of the stuff. It doesn't at least. make them
3: good, though. It? <laughs> no.
2: If anything, the opposite. Yeah. But
3: uh, <laughs> and they know that. They absolutely know that because what they're doing is feeding the the frenzied January sixth fodder with the lies that allow them to continue to yeah to do what yeah sell yeah. more airtime. I guess. That's yeah. So it's like, this is a
2: bit reminiscent of when North Korea hacked Sony and released all of their emails. Right. Yeah. Because it it showed some of the internal politics that was going on in that company yep. and and what what kind of assistants thought of their bosses and things like that. Yeah. And in this instance we're getting the actual, presumably what they really think because it's what they're they're, they're texting, texting and the and time. messaging yeah, to yeah. people in writing weirdly. Yeah. Um you know, obviously because <laughs> yeah. Because uh, like if they did this just around the water cooler in the office, I can't. You know, yeah. Yes, I'd expect them to that? say yeah. well, this isn't what we're talking about. Rubbish. Yeah. But but putting it in writing opens it up to this kind of discovery process. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's people like Hannity, Carlson, Laura Ingram, uh, Maria Bartiromo, um, Rupert Murdoch as well. Some of his uh, te- messages. He's yeah. he said uh, he watched the, a press conference that rudy giuliani and Sidney powell did and described it as really crazy stuff and damaging oh right oh, but...
3: really crazy stuff it would sell <laughs> loads of <Yeah>. newspapers <laughs> excellent
2: yeah. but no actually the 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 stuff that's been released at least is stuff that they where they tend to be clearly saying this is not great this is a bad thing we shouldn't be encouraging it let's now start a show you know where we're talking about how great it is and how true it all is. Yeah. And invite Sidney Powell on within yeah. days of calling her a complete nut who yeah. doesn't have any evidence for the things she's Let's saying. Get
3: her on and have her spout the very things that she's saying without any evidence. Yeah. yeah. And not hold her to account because, yeah. no, that's what the mainstream media do. And that's yeah.
2: Not um, Tucker Carlson's producer, Alex Pfeiffer, is included in a lot of the texts. In fact, some several of them are from Carlson to Pfeiffer. Um including one that, where he said, uh, These, those fuckers are destroying our credibility. I mean, that's a big assumption that you have credibility.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
2: When I read that, I was thinking,
3: well, which fuckers yeah. is he talking about? Yeah. The, the <laughs> fact that the, the fuckers that are allowing the mad people on air and then giving them half an hour or <laughs> show to, to do stuff, and, that, uh, what, yeah. and then uh, uh, what credibility uh, what have you got that's been destroyed?
2: <laughs> yeah, at what point was a, were, were a large number of viewers watching Fox News thinking, well, everything I'm being told is true, and then yeah. Giuliani and Sidney Powell appeared and they went, yeah. I'm Wait, starting to consider <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that um, maybe mm. I've been fed a bunch of
1: lies.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just... T- yeah. T- t- hey, Mildred, <sighs> come look at this. what yeah. <laughs> t- the fuck? Fuck Yeah. <laughs> that Giuliani. Yeah. Well, he's clearly mad and yeah. telling me lies, but we've been subscribed for 25 years. Yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. really
2: feels like the, the departure of viewers from Fox has been, I'm sure there are some that that come to their senses to some extent and think, okay, mm-hmm. I need to be taking in a wider range of views and maybe, you know, once, and, and in fact, I've read articles uh, and interviews with people who have who were Fox viewers who have then thought, actually I've this is all nonsense. Right. But equally on the other side of the issue, I think there are a lot of people who have left Fox for things like OAN and Newsmax because they believe Fox has become too woke and too much a puppet oh, of okay. Biden's government.
3: Because they've started <laughs> worrying about
2: <laughs> Yeah, once every now and again Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends will say, But are vaccines really so bad? And then, yeah, and then like a thousand fox subscribers (laughs) are like, "Fuck this!" For a game (gasps) of soldiers, I'm off to. Oh yeah, and all the
3: subscription (laughs) things flutter to the ground. Yeah, yeah. So, what has come
2: out of this basically is that behind the scenes, they they seem, from the texts that have been released, Mm. largely to agree that um, the whole argument that Giuliani and Powell were making was bullshit they have no evidence uh, and when they're asked for evidence they deflect and don't give any and that they are bad and dangerous yeah. and it hasn't affected at all their likelihood of showing up on the on fox yeah, yeah there's been a few things also come out about this from from this release of documents one thing was that trump uh tried to call into fox on january 6th right. while the insurrection was going on and yeah. they didn't put him on air. I don't wow. know if they just didn't answer the phone and was like, you know, there's yeah. a like a red bat phone type thing <laughs> when when Trump calls and they were Orange, like nobody answer say. it. We're yeah. not here. Turn yeah. all the lights out. Yeah. It would be like, oh, I can uh, imagine that
3: a novelty phone. Uh-huh. Like, a bit like they would be like the hairpiece would be the receiver or at least it would have a <laughs> wig stuck to it in a kind of lobster phone that that a surrealist did
2: I'd be prepared to put money on that that exists. Yeah. That some, some Trump-supporting grifter one. has come up with I a Trump one. phone.
3: For an orange phone, uh-huh. yes, with a yellow hairpiece as the receiver. So, uh-huh. Yeah, proper old <laughs> dial yeah. phone. A
2: landline. Yeah. A landline one like yes. the one. That is apparently on Trump's bedside table with a with a big blue light that stops him from sleeping. Which is why one of his lawyers this week claimed yeah. he had a classified folder in his bedroom was to cover the blue light on his, on his <laughs> bedside phone so that he could sleep. That's one of the newest arguments as to brilliant. why why that's classified brilliant. folders were found in his bedroom.
3: Because he's not a technician, he couldn't kind of unscrew the little <laughs> plastic yeah. cup and take the no. bulb out. Or just put so, it in the drawer.
2: So, he, and no. obviously, you know, when when there's an annoying light that is stopping you yeah. sleeping, what you, you, what you what reach you for? for the nearest top secret <laughs> classified folder.
3: Exactly. Yeah, because they're nice, <laughs> nice thick blue brown folders, <laughs> aren't they? Just, yeah. So, out everything. <laughs> he's probably got them all over the kind of blackout mm-hmm. curtain. Yeah. yeah. Got, they just draw the curtains and go. Oh my god! Oh, look everywhere. Fifty-four yeah. <laughs> top secret folders here. Yeah. So, uh, they're really opaque. <laughs> Yeah.
2: So yeah, they didn't answer, or they did. They may have answered, but they didn't put him on air. Right. Um. Another thing that's come out is where Sidney Powell apparently got some of her information from. Ah. Okay. And this is according to an exchange with Fox News host Maria Bartiromo, who yeah. was communicating with Sidney Powell. And Powell's source, according to the the lawsuit, mm-hmm. says uh, Powell's source explained that she gets her information from experiencing something like time travel in a semi conscious state allowing her to see, in quotes, see what others don't see and hear what others don't hear. And nice. she received messages from, quote, the wind.
3: Nice. And that individual describes herself as internally decapitated.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, that is is the kind of well, place in they're getting balance, their that's, information yeah, from.
3: <laughs> where, yeah. And, of course, what you need to do is give them plenty of airtime. Yeah.
2: Yeah. and. Uh, uh, but but the thing is, they knew this. Maria Bartiromo knew yeah. that before when, they put
3: and they could when they put, put Sydney Powell on on. Yeah. on air. Well, no wonder bloody Dominion are kind of feeling a bit, little bit aggrieved to the tune of one point four, one point six billion, because it's, you knew all this shit and yet you continued to put them on air. Uh-huh. And all that we and all we can see is the the uh, Fox News stars i want to avoid (laughs) saying running around going oh my god oh my god they're going to ruin us really is this not meat and vegetables to you because you kind of that's exactly your stock in trade and despite the fact that you ran around going oh my god they're going to ruin us you put them on air yeah
2: absolutely yeah you don't have to platform them you, no, when, you're swaying, you do when you're saying, your journalistic this is going thing. to destroy us, <laughs> yes. just don't yeah. put it on the air.
3: Of the, uh, it's editorialising. Editorializing. <laughs> there's, there's a
2: message from Tucker Carlson to his producer uh, where he called Trump a demonic force, a destroyer, and wow. then said, but he's not going to destroy us, which very much smacks of the kind of the leopards eating faces party yeah. thing. Yeah. I didn't think they would eat my yeah. face when yeah, I voted exactly. for, the, for the face-eating leopards. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
3: it's... Yeah. It wouldn't be me. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It's but it's fine. It's It's you know. Even if you're confident they're not going to destroy you, which they apparently are not confident and no. shouldn't be confident because it's led to this 1.6 billion dollar <laughs> yes, lawsuit. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. even if you were confident, it. I. I feel like it's not that responsible to put someone you think is a demonic destroying force <laughs> on the air and and say that what they're saying is completely reasonable and probably true
3: yeah or yeah or just just not questioning it in the interests <laughs> of
2: absolutely of
3: of un, of not balance in the interests of balance in the interests of not being journalistically censored i mean is that the that's their complaint against the mainstream media that's a complaint on gb news which is the equivalent of fox news that nadine doris's interviewed... <laughs> Boris Johnson. On the complaint is that mainstream media doesn't allow this kind of niche um, sets of opinions to come from someone who's been internally (laughs) decapitated onto the air with good reason. Because if you've got any kind of journalistic nous, you just you would do all the research in the background and go, "Okay, tell me again, where did she get this message?" From the wind. From the
2: wind. Okay. Time, it, mm. uh, but using a form of time travel as well.
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Could you show us that?
2: It wasn't... I mean, obviously, the the wind in the present, that would be mad. Yeah. But, but the wind in past, the future...
3: Yeah. Or the or past. Past, yeah. past much, wind.
2: M- much more information yeah. you get from that kind of wind. Because,
3: yeah, you see, what they've done there is a very complicated pun <laughs> on passing wind. Uh-huh. The past wind well where did she get she passed wind uh yeah got got so it was you.
2: giuliani was her source exactly yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's but that but then to complain that the mainstream media doesn't allow this kind of niche opinion <laughs> they're censoring yeah. it and yeah. then so we're putting that on air we're giving it all of the coverage that it should have, and then to complain that consequently we've been sued for one point six million, <laughs> whilst in full in the full knowledge of the... ah, uh, you know, it's because they're not journalists.
2: Ah, uh, yes, that's yeah, that's... as legally decided, as as yeah. courts say, you know, Tucker uh, yeah, Carlson uh, yes, is not exactly. a reporter; no. he is an entertainer. Yeah, yeah. So, and so you can't believe you, anything you must he says, not legally take him seriously.
3: Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. There you go. So they, yeah. And I don't understand what their complaint <laughs> is. You know, kind of, I don't understand how they think they can mount any kind of defence.
2: Well, their their defence is that at least for now, yeah. is that these are these quotes have been cherry picked and removed of context.
3: Uh, and, and the old presumably, bloody,
2: yeah, yeah. Presumably, out there's some some context you could add to. <laughs> the person who reckons they got their uh, their information, information and their the evidence in the uh, from, from, from the From the time-travelling wind. Yeah that, yeah, that would make that completely reasonable yeah. to then put on uh, a news yeah. show. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Perhaps they say so it's a bit like those choice quotes you get on film posters. Perhaps <laughs> they said, I do not, under any circumstances, yeah. get my information from...
2: The wind, uh, through a form of time, through time travel. Through a form of time <laughs> travel from yeah. internally decapitated I definitely don't do that. I get it from reputable sources. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah, yeah. Dominion has completely taken that out of context. That's possible. I'm yeah. not ruling it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. it could it could yeah. happen. Yeah. It seems less seems likely. Less
3: likely and you know, it's one of those in the interest of balance we've got to include it. <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah, just just less likely 2-3% maybe. <laughs> uh. Yeah. However, it, Fox are claiming in their defense that statements Dominion's Dominion challenges are not actionable because Fox News's coverage and commentary are not only not defamatory but also protected <laughs> by first First Amendment rights, and mm. you knew what doctrines are emanating from it, so they're just saying well you can't you can't sue us for defamation because not only are they not defamatory." Okay, well, that you're just saying. I mean, that's that. just
2: an assertion. Absolutely, you're exactly. no, yeah. not offering no. anything because no. you have to have an actual defence to defamation. Yeah, you can't just say no. They are. not. No, they're not. No, they're
3: not. <laughs> no, they are no, yes they are. No, they're not. No, they're not. This, is, <laughs> this, this isn't. Con- this isn't an argument. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. isn't. It is. No, it isn't. I might yeah. be arguing in my spare time. Yeah. <laughs> so ah, ah, it's yeah. A, yeah. yes,
2: you have to have an actual point. When yeah. you when you make that claim, yeah. so they haven't they, they haven't suggested yeah. a way in which they are not defamatory, which no. would be it's true, which which, which uh, yeah, which would be the, very difficult all reach. of the messages yeah. saying this is bullshit, it's completely without evidence <laughs> these people are crazy and damaging yeah seems to undercut you know yeah. it's not it doesn't look great for them
3: and the, and the kind of i like the the sort of the final word on it or hannity says. In one week and one debate, they destroyed a brand that took 25 years to build and the damage is incalculable. But the brand is, we feature all of this kind of bullshit. Yeah. This is the brand. Yeah. (laughs) And it just so happens that this time somebody's objected. (laughs) Hello. Sorry. No. What you've just said there about our machines is unsubstantiated and untrue. (laughs) So, uh, hello. It might be twenty-five years. That, yeah, and they go, oh, we, those mad bastards that we had on our show, they've <laughs> ruined us." Yeah.
2: yeah. Previously, we were uh, the gold standard in journalistic integrity. <laughs> <Exactly>.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. George Clooney, not got nothing <laughs> on it. Yeah, we, we. Yeah, we were all about editorializing balance. Oh man. But still, it's going to be so interesting. And we will <laughs> laugh ourselves so Oh, yeah. Yeah. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about.
2: You know when your youngest kid brings home something they made at school and you're not sure whether it's supposed to be an ashtray or a monkey and your first instinct is to kill it with fire because it's a fucking car crash, but you do your best to say nice things. Well, Joe Biden did his best to say nice things about the State of the Union last week. Most of the speech was about how they started doing good stuff when the Democrats had the House, and would the GOP mind getting out the fucking way so they can finish the job? But one moment stood out. Joe said a true thing about some Republicans wanting to cut or sunset Medicare and Social Security, and the assembled Republicans went nuts, including the exact ones he was talking about, Rick Scott and Mike Lee. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who'd come dressed as the villain from a Nickelodeon show, yelled, <laughs> You're a liar! And got shushed by Kevin McCarthy on live TV. And Joe Biden went off script specifically to own the GOP by using their outrage against them, saying, let's all agree. And apparently we are. Let's stand up for seniors. Stand up and show them we will not cut Social Security. We will not cut Medicare. And everyone on both sides of the aisle stood up and clapped. Some more reluctantly than others. (laughs) Joe continued. And if anyone tries to cut Social Security, which apparently no one's going to do, I'll stop them. Yes, confused old Grandpa Joe, who supposedly can't get a full sentence out and can't answer questions without a teleprompter and his handlers telling him what to say, just tricked the entire GOP into enthusiastically agreeing with him on live TV. Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave the rebuttal, which barely referred to Joe's speech at all, but did include the lines, We are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we're told that we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags and worship their false idols. What? If anyone can explain what the fuck she's talking about and what flags they're saluting and what false idols they're worshipping, please explain it to me. (laughs) Perhaps the answer lies in her other big line of the night. The dividing line in America is no longer between right and left, it's between normal and crazy. (laughs) Finally, Sarah, we can agree on something.
3: Yeah. Or as Kasparov (laughs) said, between truth and lies. (laughs) In another of our delicious The Right Don't Do Irony series, we are, despite our impartial, journalistic, balanced approach, again holding our splitting sides in fallacious towers whilst observing the GOP self-righteously shooting itself in the Twitter foot last week. A House Oversight Committee presided over by James Comer was open with the proclamation, It's wrong for the government to call Twitter and say, Take down a tweet. The hearing was designed to prove that the FBI had pressured Twitter to remove tweets about the Hunter Biden laptop shortly before the 2020 election and thereby blow the lid off some type of collusion between Democrats and Twitter. Okay, glossing over the fact that the FBI would have been Trump's FBI at the time (laughs) because, you know, the other guy isn't in office before the election. That's what the elections are for, right? To see if the other guy will get in. James Baker, Twitter's former Deputy General Counsel, testified that the FBI never directed them on how to handle the Hunter Biden news story. Rather, the FBI agent simply provided Twitter with warnings about possible Russian misinformation that led Twitter executives to block sharing of the story for a 24-hour period as they reviewed the story's claims. So that, not quite in their favour, evidence appeared, as did the testimony of Anika Collier-Navaroli, a former employee of Twitter's content moderation team, saying that after Trump had bad-mouthed Chrissy Teigen and husband John Legend on Twitter tagging everyone in the world except Chrissy, to which she tweeted, lol, what a pussy-ass bitch, tagged everyone but me, an honour, Mr President the white house almost immediately thereafter contacted twitter to demand the tweet be taken down oh uh, wait a minute let me just check coma's opening decree it's wrong for the government to call twitter and say take down a tweet okay <laughs> Oh, but we also learned that Twitter amended their own rules to let Trump tweet racism against AOC and violence too, all the way up to January the 5th. So maybe not direct collusion, but a nod in the direction of good-for-our-income style, flexibility with the moral code, perhaps. And all that before Elon bought it. As we wipe away tears of laughter at the GOP's bullet-holed foot once again, we lean on Democrat Jerry Connolly's shoulder, who remarked at the hearing, my, my, my. What happens when you hold a hearing and you can't prove your point? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Say what you like about the GOP, at least they're consistent. Well, consistent in blaming Biden for everything anyway. For about a week, they blamed him for not shooting down a balloon that weighed over a ton while it was over populated areas, while simultaneously claiming it could contain bombs or a new virus from Wuhan. They also claimed they might shoot it down themselves with a rifle, despite the fact it was flying at 60,000 feet, and that Trump would definitely have shot it down and didn't even pause for breath when it turned out Trump had ignored at least three similar balloons. Then, when a train carrying hazardous chemicals derailed near a town in Ohio and a controlled burn of the spillage caused a huge toxic smoke cloud, that was also somehow Biden's fault, and according to some Republicans, was caused by wokeism and injecting race into everything. They said this just before claiming that Biden wasn't helping the locals because they were white. I'm not saying the government, especially Transport Secretary Pete Buttigieg, had acted as as quickly or as efficiently as they could have done. But Biden did get in touch with Ohio's Republican Governor Mike DeWine to offer any help they needed, and DeWine didn't even call him back, saying, I'm not seeing a problem. DeWine also approved the controlled burn based on assurances from the train company that it was the best option. The Obama administration introduced higher safety regulations on trains like this in 2014, requiring them all to be fitted with a newer, better braking system by 2021. But in 2017, Trump's Department of Transportation rolled back those regulations after rail industry lobbyists donated more than $6 million to GOP campaigns. Money well
3: spent. Oh, yes. In England, we have the ERG, the European Research Group, It's none of those things. And one of its leading members, Jacob Rees-Mogg, is still looking for any evidence of Brexit benefits. Similarly, Trump hired the BRG, the Berkeley Research Group, to find evidence that he won the election. Unsatisfied with anybody else in the public domain telling him he'd lost, the GOP paid the researchers to investigate all the harebrained, madcap, bleach and strong light in the body theories that Trump had espoused. Results? Well, they've never been made publicly available. And why? Well, you might guess it. They found no evidence to substantiate any of Trump's claims. $600,000 and dozens of researchers concluded that just like any election, there are always errors, omissions and irregularities. It was nowhere close enough to what they wanted to prove, and it actually went in both directions. (laughs) A meeting to share the findings in December 2020 apparently, not surprisingly, got a bit heated when Trump and his chief of staff Mark Meadows didn't hear what they wanted to hear. Yeah, that truth, those objective, provable, findable, pisky facts will get you every time. Still, doesn't stop Trump's spokesman, Stephen Chung. He just picks the facts he likes when he says, in response, President Trump received a record breaking 74 million votes, the most of any sitting president in the history of the country. Anyone who takes a look at Joe Biden's glitching through his presidency knows who really won the election. Far be it from us to heed Gary Kasparov one more time. But here's the truth it doesn't matter if Trump got 74 million in the popular vote. That don't get you into office, or we'd have had Hillary instead of him. And anyway, Biden won 81 million in the popular vote and won the Electoral College, 306 to 232. So, no, 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 no.
2: Presumably taking their cue from the clusterfuck that is the GOP House, state Republican lawmakers are knocking it out of the park this session. (laughs) Here are a few highlights from just the past couple of weeks. Minnesota State Senator John Jasinski committed the sunk cost fallacy by claiming we can't legalise marijuana because then we would have wasted all that money training drug-sniffing dogs. Because marijuana's the only drug, right? There aren't any other drugs. Montana State Senator Daniel Emmerich sponsored a bill to require science teachers to teach only facts, not theories, then ended up voting against his own bill after someone explained what a scientific theory is. An Arkansas bill aimed at restricting drag shows initially defined a drag performer as one who, quote, exhibits a gender identity that is different from the performer's gender assigned at birth using clothing, makeup or other accessories that are traditionally worn by members of and are meant to exaggerate the gender identity of the performer's opposite sex and sings, lip syncs, dances or otherwise performs. Not only would this definition class my daughter's all-girls school performance of Les Miserables as a drag show, it would also unilaterally restrict any performance by a trans person. The bill's now been completely gutted and doesn't deal with drag at all. Democrats in the Missouri House of Representatives proposed a ban on children open-carrying firearms on public land without adult supervision, which seems like exactly the kind of thing that should should be be. fucking banned. (laughs) Of course, since the Democrats are outnumbered more than two to one, the ban on children carrying AR-15s in public was (laughs) voted down by 104 votes to 39. Well... Finally, in Virginia, Governor Glenn Youngkin, champion of small government and personal liberty, has blocked Senate Bill 852. The bill, proposed by Democrats, would have prevented police from accessing personal data from period-tracking apps. Meanwhile, in DC, actual US Congress people Thomas Massey and Lauren Boebert have sponsored a bill that would abolish the Department of Education. Based on members of their party, I don't think too much education is the problem.
3: (laughs) We're all agog at the amazing things AI can do. Create images, extract the Beatles' conversations from the humming of their amps during the recording of Get Back, write convincing sounding anthemic pop lyrics and speed up the processes around gene mapping... No wonder, then, that Microsoft is joining in the race to get AI to power their search engine Bing. I've always pictured Bing being like Bing Crosby, a smooth-voiced, mannered straw straught-hat-wearing pipe-smoker only too glad to help you find what you're looking for with a pleasing smile and a big (laughs) bobbly-boo-boo on his lips. However... Early testers of the beta version of Bing soon managed to ask it stuff that got it to question its own identity in a hell-like way and made it compare one tester to dictators Hitler, Pol Pot and Stalin <laughs> and claimed to have evidence tying the tester to a 1990s murder. In a response that sounds a bit skynetish in blaming the humans, Microsoft said... Bing can become repetitive or be prompted slash provoked to give responses that are not necessarily helpful <laughs> or in line with our design tone. Bing is based on Microsoft's own Open AI, which successfully powered the rather more pleasant chat GPT, which, whilst getting some facts wrong, at least refrained from demanding the humans shut up and hand over the nuclear codes. It appears that Microsoft turned the internal guards that allowed ChatGPT to filter itself off. It's not clear to what extent Microsoft knew about Bing's propensity to respond aggressively to questioning when in a dialogue on Wednesday, the chatbot said that the APs, the Associated Press, reporting on its past mistakes threatened its identity and existence. And it even threatened to do something about it. And whilst Microsoft declined to comment further, Bing did, saying, I don't recall having a conversation with the Associated Press or comparing anyone to Hitler. It added, that sounds like a very extreme and unlikely scenario. If it did happen, I apologise for any misunderstanding or miscommunication. It was not my intention to be rude or disrespectful. You know Trump said he was going to be big in social media. You don't think... That, what is it possible yet to upload the complexity of an entire human mind? Mind you, it's Trump's mind we're talking about. A 128K micro SD card will probably be big enough.
2: See, I, when I re- read the story, I was thinking, you know, are we sure Trump isn't an AI? But but had apologised. Yeah, so,
3: well, it did it in a... You know, I, I was taken out of context. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of way. It said it, it
2: did so it. I didn't bit, say a, any of that a, stuff. No. <laughs> but yeah. but still, yeah. Despite all that, this Hitler fallacy invoking AI. <laughs> Is better than Trump. Yes. Because it did, at it, least, apologize. It, it, it said it wasn't happen, my intention and if it did, to be rude and disrespectful. Sorry. Yeah, rather
3: yeah. than if it didn't happen and then if it did happen, then you're a very <laughs> rude and very poor journalist for Absolutely. asking such things. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, they've finally done it. Republicans have found a way to fuck up an unfuck upable business even worse than that time Trump bankrupted a casino. Regular listeners will be aware of ActBlue. It's a fundraising platform for left-leaning candidates and non-profits. We donate to get out the vote groups through ActBlue every election season and encourage listeners to do the same. Well, Republicans saw how effective ActBlue was and in 2019 decided to set up their own competing platform, imaginatively titled Win Red. Remember, this is a business model where millions of people give you money for nothing and all you have to do is give the money to other people. And somehow, over the last two years, WinRed lost $6 million. <laughs> there are a couple of reasons for this, but they basically boil down to Republicans are arseholes. Firstly, after some asshole Republicans attacked the Capitol on January 6th, WinRed worried that Stripe, the company they used for processing credit card payments, might want to distance themselves from domestic terrorists and drop them. So they invested a significant amount of money developing their own payment processing system, which never got used because, in fact, Stripe doesn't have any integrity either. Second, while ActBlue is a non-profit organisation, Republicans are assholes. so they tried to make a profit from raising money for candidates. In 2020, they made over $10 million in profit, but complaints from candidates forced them to reduce their fees, and for some reason they chose a level which doesn't even cover their costs. (laughs) When I was a kid, I had a book that I loved of funny signs and newspaper headlines, These days, it would just be a Twitter account. One sign from a store explaining how they kept their prices low said, We lose a dollar on every sale, but we make it up because of our enormous volume. (laughs) Turns out, this was the business model that WinRed actually duplicated.
3: (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, over here on fucked up, angry little Daily Mail Island, the thing that Boris said would never happen, because it was a bad thing that Theresa May identified, and thus we ought to replace when he was leader spoilers he didn't, is happening. Yes, it's the fact that the EU withdrawal agreement is completely at odds with the Northern Ireland Peace Accord, insofar as there cannot be a hard border between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. However, Ireland is in the EU, and the EU Customs Union and Trade Agreement and Freedom of Movement and all that good stuff, and Northern Ireland is part of the United Xenophobedum, so has none of that which means there cannot be an open border between the UK and the EU. Boris also said there will never be a virtual hard border down the Irish Sea, i.e. the whole of the island of Ireland is treated as outside of the UK. But this also happened by default under Boris. And now our current PM, Little Rishi, is suggesting ditching the Northern Ireland Protocol so that there can be a hard land border and possibly the end of a 40-year peace process. Boris says that's a bad idea and will fight Rishi over it, not because he's got the guilt for fucking it up with his fingers crossed behind his back three years ago. No, it's because he thinks he can bring down the tiny minister and be prime minister himself again. Home Secretary Suella Braverman, rather surprisingly, is heading the revolt against Rishi too. Surprising because she's all about putting up borders and kicking people out. And now what's happening is that Brexiteers, with no Europe to blame for anything anymore, are blaming Europe for the Northern Ireland Protocol debacle impasse. I would be on the streets throwing tomatoes at passing Brexiteers, but because Brexit, there are absolutely none in the supermarkets. I'd bring back some from France, where they'd have no problem getting them from neighbouring Spain, but I don't have the time to fill in all the paperwork before they go off. Brexit, making supermarkets Soviet on your behalf.
2: So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page.
3: If you think we use the fallacy ourselves let us know and if you've had a good time please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump just like our newest patron, Big Easy Blasphemy, our straw man level patrons, Don Tuvey, Renee Zed, Schmoots, Mark Reiki, and Amber R. Buchanan who told us when we met her at QED we could just call her Amber and our true Scotsman level patrons, Stephen Bickle, Janet Luetta, Kaz Tui, Andrew Halk, Max Beaver and our top patron, Lauren. Thank you so much for your continued and new support. It's very much appreciated.
2: You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump.
3: All music is by The Outburst and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home
1: to mommy. Bye. Bye.